Hello and welcome to episode five of Ardent Run Club. I'm Tommy, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by a special guest from the northeast of England. He runs for Morpeth and is coached by David Lowe's doing middle and long distance events, and he's improving year on year. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Jordan Scott. Jordan, how you doing, bro? All right, good evening. Um, yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm doing very well, man. You had a good day, enjoying the glorious sunshine. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, been glorious up here. Good mm -hmm. um, good session on the grass this morning. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and just been recovering out in the sunshine this <laughs> afternoon. So yeah, all good, man. That's good. How you been keeping during this lockdown? Um, personally, like on a personal note, like it's been. I think it's been good for self-development. Um, right. I've managed to get some real rhythm going with my training. Um, good. Uh, I'm an English teacher, so usually have a very, very, very busy schedule, but the lockdown's given me the opportunity to catch up on some like books that I would like to read that I've been putting off for a long time that I haven't been able to to read with like the demands of schoolwork. So yeah. Yeah, on a personal level, you know, it's been good. Uh, for those things but at the same time we must remember that that's only been possible because of the the, the awful wider circumstances of the uh, current climate yeah 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 so wise bro thank you for for bringing that up man like it's like you were saying just before we got on man it's been a huge sacrifice people have been making to stay at home and to to make sure that this doesn't continue spreading so and we're very appreciative of that, right? So yeah. And I, I think just as a little footnote to, to that remark, and I think as long as people are using the time wisely, i.e. for training, self-development, mm -hmm. reflection, how are we going to be better when we come out of this? Um, yeah. I don't think enjoying the sunshine is such a bad thing if you're using it for constructive ends, but if while people are still dying we're using this as some kind of extended holiday um that i don't think that's so cool mm. yeah i guess it depends what the motivation is behind it as well like do you want to get better or like even for some people who are, who are using it as an extended holiday what are you doing on your holiday is it just to relax and if that's what you really truly need to do yeah but if you if you're using it to read like you were saying or to continue training harder or just develop yourself in a in a different way then that is also really cool and like whatever it is we appreciate <laughs> I, I'm, I appreciate and i'm sure a lot of people appreciate um your sacrifice um and yeah let's just keep it going we're almost there hopefully yeah yeah but yo let's get into we're here to talk about you we're here to talk about your running we're here to talk about how you're so quick and so great at your your events man so before we start actually Jordan, what's your favorite event? What's your best event, actually? I'd say, well, best discipline rather than event would be cross-country. Really? So we, uh, yeah. Um, if I can quantify that, I've finished like just outside the top 100 at the national cross-country. Um, for example, um, just outside the top 40 north of England cross-country champs as a senior. So... I would say, be or rather because of that, um, it would be difficult to argue that track or road are my best uh, discipline. Yeah. I, I certainly enjoy the off-road stuff more than um, more than the road or, or track for that matter. Mm -hmm. And so what's been your favourite cross-country to, to compete at? Um, to go with the, the North of England Championships. Um, that's where I had my, my breakthrough as a senior in 2013. Um, for those listening, some may have been there. Um, yeah. It was a really bad winter. It was snow on the ground. It was snowing. It's like ankle deep mud all of the way around. And um, I just managed to pace it right and come through from about 100th on the first lap through to 41st by the third lap. Um, yeah, I guess just as, as a that was the event where I feel I, I broke through. Um, so yeah, for that reason, Northern Championships. That's so good. And so obviously you didn't wake up and run really well in the Northern Championships in 2013. Um, 
you would have been training for a while and you obviously needed to get inspired. So what really got you into running originally when you were younger? Um, so when I first started, it was summer 2005 World Championships in Helsinki. Yes. Um, they were a washout, if I remember correctly. Um, and I'd always watched athletics. I remember Sydney Games. Mm -hmm. I remember fragments of the Commonwealth Games in 98, Kuala Lumpur. Um, and yeah, I, I sort of just thought, right, I'm, I watched the, the afternoon session. I was like, right, I'm going to go for a run. Um, and they on day built up the distance. Then um, once I knew I was kind of good enough to join a club, join Morbeth Harriers, um, I've kind of been involved with Morbeth on and off like, ever since like sort of 2005, 2006. Wow, that's so good. And so, when did you realize you were good at running? I'm not talking about like the breakthrough of um, the Northern Championships, but when did you realize, look, I can actually, I can actually run, I can actually do something with this? Um, I guess in a in a really meaningful way, probably about 2007, 2008. I remember. So like third at the county schools. Um, yeah, I guess around 2007, 2008, mm -hmm. I got a little more serious with it um, and How felt old? like I belonged in the sport, if that makes sense. Yeah. How old were you back then in 2007? Uh, so it would have been like 16, 17. Nice, nice. That's so good, man. And I know you said, do you... Do you do you think you specialize in something in any particular event right now, or is it still just like all the way from middle all the way up to long and cross country and stuff like that? Um, well, to give you a little bit of background on the current period. Yeah. Mate, for the past few years, um, I've been suffering from like a weakness in my left leg. So when I do longer distance road races, once the leg fatigues, it begins to spasm and jolt and that's one of the reasons why i've stuck with the, the off-road stuff mm -hmm. i've had i've been to various physios who have been very quick to go for the old uh weak glutes tight hip flexors like the stock phrases yeah um i had to drop out of trafford 10k earlier yeah because i've gotten halfway leg was spasming so i thought i'll go down a different route saw chiropractor and he did some neural tests and he said, look, it's not structural. This is a neural problem. Um, fast forward a bit, had an MRI scan, transpired that I have lesions in my lower spine, which have been irritating the nerves. Jeez. Um, spoke to the chiropractor yesterday and was lucky enough to have an appointment, um, to be able to get an appointment. And he seems to think it can be worked around um, and that road running and track running will not be off the table um, once we kind of do some neural retraining. So to answer your, your initial question, once that issue is sorted, I'll certainly be reviving 10k PVs on the road and track for that matter. Um, very good, very good. And so, um, sorry if I if I can just plug yeah. David, um, my coach, a little bit here. He's done great things with me with this issue. And I was just speaking to him earlier today. We were saying that if we can sort this out, then who knows what will be possible um, going into the future. Yeah, that's, that's so major. Cause like uh, how, what's your, what's your like road 10K or, or 5K PV? Uh, so 5K, 15.24. Yeah. Um, that was July, 2018. And wow. they did like 30, 32, 24, like four or five days after that. Good neck. And that yeah. was with, yeah. The, the, you'll have spoken to Joe Armstrong a few weeks ago from the same training group. Yeah, it's yeah. In the same race. I mean, Joe, Joe's kicked on massively. Um, enormous credit to him for where he's at now. In the same race, I think Joe clocked about 15, 15, 15, 10. And was kind of right with him and a few others until the last kilometre. And then as the left leg started to fatigue, it was less about how hard can I push and more about can I just stay on my feet to the finish oh, line. Yeah. 
hopefully once this is properly addressed, now it's been properly diagnosed, um, you know, that sub-15 barrier is definitely a, yes. definitely a target. That's so cool. That's like crazy how you still managed to pull off a, a, a 32-20 with, like, with a mad injury that's been bothering you for years. And like, it's just a testament to what is actually possible in the, over the next few years of your career. Like, it's just, that's really exciting. And I'm hoping for the best for you there, definitely. No, I, I appreciate that. You know, I've had a few, I uh, don't mind saying this on the record, um, because it's not a, a calf strain or, or a, a, a tight quarter, a tight hamstring, because it, it's something deeper and almost impossible to diagnose without an MRI scan. Mm -hmm. I've had to put up with a lot of people saying, uh, it's in your head, get your head right. And if I can say anything for my approach to athletics, I will work as hard as the, the next man. People could say anything about me, but I'll certainly not have it said that I don't try and yeah. that I'm not dedicated. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess testament to David's methods that 1524 and other, other achievements have been possible when the body hasn't even been operating at a hundred percent. It's crazy to think what you're going to be able to do once, once you're able to overcome these lesions and, and these injuries. Yeah. Crazy to think of that. But whilst we're on the topic of racing, I guess I want to ask like a standard race day for you. Like if you had, like when you had the Trafford 10K, for example, which obviously yeah. obviously you had to drop out of, but before coming into that race, what was it like? What did you eat? What time did you wake up? What, did, what were your rituals? Um, so I'd have, in terms of, in terms of nutrition, uh, like whole grain bread, um, some honey, um, coffee, so like three hours before the race. Um, in terms of warming up, so two or three miles at a reasonably high intensity, um, so that going into the so that starting the race isn't a shock. Um, yeah. You know, fairly standard, like sort of some hundred meter strides just to get things moving. Um, so I wouldn't say there's anything spectacular or, you know, I like to think that, you know, in the future, I'll be racing, I could be racing anywhere domestically or internationally for that matter, if I'm on holiday, say. And the, the conditions aren't going to be the same every single time. So I think in terms of preparing for a race, you need to control what you can control mm -hmm. and try not to rely too much on other things. Because if you're in a different country or a different part of this country, um, you're going to have to adapt. So I think focus on getting the physical side of things right. Um, yeah control your, your nutrition as far as you can and then whatever else is going on is almost irrelevant but I think if you're too superstitious when you do go to a different place I start can throw your head a little bit um, mm -hmm. so try not to be too I try not to be too sort of ritualistic about it okay that makes sense that makes sense what I would say though I've found that my better races have been the ones where the the preparation or the warm-up has been less than ideal. So, for example, really? the Bladen race in 2018, I think it was 21st. Um, I'm not sure how much you know about the Bladen race, but it's, uh, it's a fairly stacked field usually. Um, yeah. And that race, the warm-up consisted of like a one mile through a rammed Newcastle City centre, we were held for 20, 25 minutes on the spot. Goodness me. And then I managed to pull out, I think it was 507 miling, so it would have equated to a 3145 10K. Jeez. Um, and that was off what many would say was it was an appalling warm-up, if not no real warm-up at all. So I think, I think maybe, and I guess there's people here who will... Uh, rush to correct me or challenge me here but your preparation is done in the days weeks and months before the 
the race and I guess there's certain variables that can affect your performance on the day but I think it's the ritual and the weeks and months beforehand that will determine ultimately how the performance will go so good and so I don't know if you just alluded to it there but would you say that Bladen race in 2018 was your favorite race to compete in um yeah I'm gonna plug a few guys here um for me obviously pbs are important and the 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 fitness aspect of distance running is important but there's the competitive aspect and actually just going out and racing guys is tremendous fun and that day it was myself um terry scott of timebridge harriers mark bennett of timebridge harriers and carl taylor also of morbeth harriers um if i can plug terry a little bit I think he yeah. dipped 15 minutes for 5K last year as, a, as like a veteran 45. Um, yeah. But that, that day, myself, Carl, Terry and Mark in our little sort of quartet, we each took the lead at different points during the race and talking to them afterwards, like each of us said, I was just praying for that finish line to come in. It's like... <laughs> like, it's like Terry made a move and then me and Carl would like cover it and yeah. then Mark would make a, a move and I guess it was just a kind of last man standing uh, d- dynamic so in terms of a, a competitive and a quality competitive race that yeah that was probably one of the, the better races I've, I've, I've been in where you think right I've kicked that but that's it for me now but then you find it in you kick again and kick again Mm. um and i think that a lot of that sadly is is lost you know nowadays there's a lot attached to or people attach a lot of value to strava uploads and training videos and that kind of thing but or following a pacemaker around a around the track on a balmy night at Trafford or wherever the, the BMC Grand Prix might be. Mm-hmm. But I think there's that skill of race craft and being in a battle. Um, I think that's hugely important is often overlooked. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you for bringing attention to that because like you said, like when we do get too, too involved in uploaded on Strava and looking up, and trying to show off to, to people and just making sure that we're actually running set times. Like it does kind of limit us sometimes to think, what can we actually do? How far can we actually push? Um, so it's really important that and really good that you brought that up. And I guess on the flip side of that Bladen race, what's been like the worst race that you competed in? When that was just not. Um, so let me think. Um, I guess there's been a few that I've been unable to complete because of the the neural problem. Um, Almost exclusively longer distance road races where I've been in fantastic shape, but I haven't been able to translate. Um, But I guess there's nothing really to learn from that because there was ultimately a problem there. You 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 can't learn from something like it. That, but in terms of a race, I've really learned from perhaps the be the UK inter counties cross country champs at Loughborough 2019. Yeah, I was there. Um, yeah, so first, why why was it a bad race? Um, I'd say because guys beat me who I was beating earlier in the season. Um, I guess, in other words, I was too fit earlier in the season. And by that stage, you know, you're trying to drag it out and drag it out and drag the form out. And I think it was like 150th, 153rd, something like that. And those guys coming well inside the top 100 who I was looking and thinking, well, if this race was a month ago, two months ago, it would have been very different. And Yeah. Um, it was a big learning curve because ultimately that that should have been the most important race of the year yeah um 
but for what it was worth on the day, I probably could have done a tempo run back in the northeast and took as much from it. So as after that, I've been a lot more careful in terms of trying to pick the right races at the right at the right time and in a sport where you're ultimately judged by your race performance. I think being a bit smarter around those choices is a, is a huge thing to, to learn. But that kind of thing, it can't be taught. David or whoever the coach might be can't tell the athlete that's the best race for you, for you at, this, at this time in January, at the beginning of the season. I think you need to you know, learn, your, learn your body, learn what you can do what you can manage. Um, see, I guess the disappointment of not performing to what I thought I could have done on that day um, yeah, certainly helped me going forward yeah. in terms of how I approach sessions, um, what I look to take from certain races. You know, you can put a lot of expectation upon yourself. Um, yeah, I guess the different mindsets that you might bring to different races um there's also something that i started to think about coming out of loughborough last year mm -hmm. i want to talk about like it's just it just popped into my mind like you you have these leg lesions or these lesions in in, in your lower back sorry well like yeah yeah and how do you train with that because you said you had a good session today, right? But how do you how do you train with that? Like, do you have heavy weekly mileage, or are you not able to actually do that? Um, so I guess in terms of mileage, it's about 60, 65 miles a week. Um, I do as much as I can on the grass. So um, the reason why the the issue flares up on the road is because there's a lot more force, a lot more pressure going through the legs. It fatigues a lot quicker. Yeah. Whereas on the grass, there's a little bit more give. Yeah. Um, so trying to do as much work on the grass um, as possible. Now it's always been okay to train around because in training there's recoveries. Yeah. Um, where you can maybe stretch the hamstring off in between, or there's a drop in pace. Whereas in a 10k race where you need to string miles together at a particular pace yeah um it's that sustained harder running where it really sort of flares up so it hasn't been it, it's never prevented me from training but with that said training will i hope be a hell of a lot better again mm -hmm. when issues sorted yeah sorted out definitely and so what does training look for you now in terms of, um, like you said, you do about like 60, 65 miles and you do a lot of it on grass, but how many sessions do you have in a week um, um, before lockdown and then now during lockdown as well? Has it changed? Uh, it hasn't changed too much in terms of weekly sessions. I still do two sessions midweek, one session at the weekend. Um, mm -hmm. One of those will be slightly easier. So, for example, on Tuesday, it was just a 40-minute tempo run. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I trained Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Well, that was before lockdown. During lockdown, it's been Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, yeah. And are you usually, able to... Sorry, sorry. Are you able to fit runs in around that? Or I know you were talking about being a teacher. Obviously, I have a busy schedule. Would you only run on those sessions that you have? Uh, that's all. Do long long run on a Sunday. Um, non session days midweek. Let's run like six or seven miles. You know, which can be done in 40, 45, mm -hmm. 50 minutes, depending on how you how you're feeling from the session the day before. Um, they try to, I guess, put as much emphasis on the the work that's getting done in the sessions. Yeah. as opposed to what's going on uh, around it. And I mean, I found with David's sessions, a uh, high volume and high intensity. Um, as one, it's not necessary to be chasing 100 miles a week around that. Yeah. Um, 
nor would it be sustainable no. or even possible. Um, so like the, the 15-24, the 32-24 from two years ago, the Bladen race that around that time, that was all done off about 55 miles a week, but mm. some very high volume, high intensity sessions where, you know, some of them are the like pseudo tempo runs whereby short recoveries usually at a float pace so that the, the, the average pace for the run is coming out at something like a tempo mm -hmm. run. And I find that that certainly works better for me than doing shorter sessions with higher mileage around that. That's cool. That's good. And, and so um, from, when you were, from when you were younger to now, what's been the main change in training? Like from when you were actually getting into running and you realized you were good when you were back in 2007, yeah. 2008, what's, what's been the main change in your training? Um, psychologically, it would be learning that different sessions require different approaches, you know, so as a youngster, it's kind of just race your friends you know, as a 14, 15 year old. Yeah, would almost just be racing each other to failure. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, as I've matured a little bit, you look at the session on paper and David says, right, this is the session. You think, right, okay, this is what's required today. Well, during lockdown, David's given us the sessions at the beginning of the week. So I'll take a look at them and think, right, it's a bigger one on Saturday. Thursday, the recoveries, for example, are a little shorter. So on Thursday, I know that the intensity doesn't quite need to be there. So I guess as I've matured, understood that aspect of things a little better. In terms of volume in sessions or types of sessions, I'd say David's have been the most innovative. Um, I guess in, in that I've, I've never done sessions of that volume before, you know, 30 sometimes more minutes of effort mm. in a session. Um, the Kenyan Hill sessions during the yeah. winter that I've mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, or as a lot of coaches would have runners doing one minute reps up and down the same hill um, where the heart rate goes almost back down to resting and then rockets up again. You know, the Kenyan Hill sessions, mm -hmm. you're constantly moving. Mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a similar way David's introduced me to float sessions where the recoveries are for example 7 minute mile pace saying yeah. like initially you know the, the, the discipline that's required to execute those sessions probably takes a little while to, to come um, I guess the, the mental aspect of it as well, those sessions do hurt. Um, so to say, yeah, doing sessions like that have been, yeah. they've major fundamental changes. Um, so and I you, guess, sorry. No, I was going to say, do you think those would be like the ones that you call the hardest, like the, the hardest sessions, those Kenyan Hills and, and those sorts of things? Um, they are, they are tough, but, um, I'm not an especially talented runner in terms of natural speed or basic speed. So I guess I kind of, I don't know, I relish those sessions a little more than others might relish them. Um, and I've also found that because I've raced better off those sessions, I go into them thinking, well, right, this is what makes me or has made me better um sessions i find tougher are probably the the shorter faster ones with longer recoveries um yeah. so for example uh on the track so two years ago um we did a few 800 meter races it's just like a, a means to an end so there was a 5k coming up yeah four days before but we yeah. would do some 800 specific training 
prior to that. And I remember David sent me like some 500 meter reps <laughs> of like five, six minute recovery, but ran at 800 meter pace. And like, uh, yeah, I normally feel tired after a session, but it took a while just from my head to readjust the things after uh, doing things like that. But whereas the the, long, the longer sessions, I don't yeah. pretty. I, I don't mind toughing them, tough, toughing mm-hmm. them out. I mean, but it's it's, uh, it's the quick ones, it's the shorter ones that are that are the ones that are not the best for you. Yeah. So, yeah. And I guess because I, I probably don't hit that sort of speed as much as some of the other guys in the group do when we come to do those sessions it's just kind of hanging on or if we're doing any work it's just right trying to hang on to the back of them just get through uh, yeah yeah let's okay. just get through the, the mm-hmm. session and so being a predominantly like well seeing as cross country is kind of your favorite sort of event how does training look throughout the summer compared to like going into the winter when you've got a load more events coming up um so last year, and this was this was David's David's suggestion. Um, I went onto the onto the mountains and the, like, did some trail races, um, some off road races. So the the training didn't change that much. Um, did some if we knew that one of the races would would have more elevation, we would do some more technical and specific work ahead of that yeah um, so yeah the, the the program wasn't too different to the to the winter yeah. um summer before say so blade and race the, the 5k 10k pv um period um maybe do one or two grass sessions a week um david properly introduced me to tempo running um with some work on the track as well so like Cameron Field um it's kind of just me me and Cameron um mm-hmm. training together in the group at the time um so Cam was still focusing on like 5000 on the track 800 on the track 1500 on the track yeah um so still doing a lot of track work um with him it might have just been that I did a little bit more of it um so yeah there was a lot of 5k pace yeah. sessions in there so for example six by six by a k on the grass and then on the track to do like six by 200 um or think of another one that we did um six by 400 six by 300 six by 200 on the track um wow. yeah. kind of wednesday night session so yeah maybe grass monday grass saturday track wednesday Mm. Wow, that's a lot. Um, and so, actually, I also want to know, like, because I don't know if this will affect you this much, um, seeing as the season is—it's not cancelled, but it's like there's slim chances of lots happening. Yeah. Does it affect you that much, seeing as firstly, well, you've got that injury, but then secondly, you're more of a cross-country guy as well. Yeah, I mean, again, looking at the wider context of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to sit here and say this has been a good time for me, but if I am allowed to take anything from it at all, it has been nice to be able to come back, get the work in, rehab and fix the issue, and yes, look ahead to the cross-country season. Sure. This has been a... I don't want to use the word gift, but it's been a fantastic opportunity in many respects to yeah. sort of come back, get some rhythm going with the training, be able to put some proper time in there to fixing the issue. And hopefully when races do resume in September, October, um, I guess we'll be ready to hit the cross country. Um, yeah. Feel fresh and ready to do that. And so on that, going into next season, do you have any, I don't know if you would have come up with any goals yet, but do you have any goals and do you set goals for, for each season and stuff like that? Um, I try to, 
I heard Chris Froome speak after his last Tour de France mm-hmm. win, and he was asked, you know, are you, you going to go for four, five, six, seven, you know, what, what's the target? And he said, look, I'm going to keep training hard, keep preparing, and when I stop winning, that's when I stop winning. And I try to apply a similar approach. Uh, listen to David, do the training, have target races. And I guess in terms of chasing any times, you know, when I stop improving, I stop improving and I'll be very grateful for what I've managed to uh, achieve. I guess that's in the longer term, but shorter term for next season, um, I guess, improve on my positions at the cross-country championships. So I'd like to be looking for a top 80 at the national cross-country yeah, somewhere in the thirties, maybe at the Northern Cross Country. Um, make the the Northeastern Counties team and do myself justice. That'd be this amazing. Time. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I guess they're quite, quite broad, quite vague targets. Yeah. But you know, do, do the training. Yeah. Have your plan for the race. Go and execute it in. If you finish 10th at the Northern by doing that, brilliant. If you finish 20th by doing that, brilliant. But yeah, I guess that's how I'll be approaching the, the winter. Yeah, okay. And so to, to just round that, that up as well, I just want to ask specifically about yourself. What have mm-hmm. you learned through racing, through training, through just going through the process of getting up week in, week out, putting the work in and seeing your results come from that? What have you learned about yourself? Um, I've learned that concepts such as talent don't actually mean all that much unless the the individual applies themselves. Um, So I guess in terms of what I've learned through that, I was never an especially talented runner, but I found that if you... If you do work hard at things, that will see you go a lot further than those with so-called natural talent. Um, and I guess within that, the the secret formula to success in life is consistency over a long period. If you can sustain a good consistent rate of doing things, whatever it might be, um, in whatever discipline, um, the, the success will will come yeah um yes those the the value of consistency and value of hard work um and i guess humility as well really yeah um there's always somebody better than you who you should be aspiring to beat and get closer to but if i can use a, a tennis analogy here Sure. I've often felt satisfaction by getting beat in a four-hour, five-set game of tennis. If you know that you've been in a battle, in a duel, yeah, there's a lot of satisfaction to take from that. And it's in a similar way in running. People might beat you, but if you know that you've emptied the tank and yeah. given absolutely everything, um, you know, there's still a lot, of, a lot of positives to take. Um, from things like something else just yeah. thought about that certainly since I've been with David he's a, he's a very very hard coach to impress <laughs> not that you look not that you're going out there for that sole reason but for David the, the standard of success is GB uh, going to a going to a games going to a championship so while success is relative to the individual, mm-hmm. at the same time, he does make you aware that, well, you know, that was all right, but we've got to be looking at bigger and better right. now. And I think that, that is something I try and translate into my own, uh, own life, you know, looking, always looking to, to improve. Yeah, so good. Wow. That's a lot of lessons there. So good. Thank you for sharing that. 
Now I just want to move into the the last the last stage of just this conversation that we're having, and it's going into it's going to be just a quick fire round. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, a few questions, and I want you to respond as quickly as possible. But if you want to go into a bit more detail with them, then we can do that as well. Is that all right? All right. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Cool. So the first question is, uh, what is a race that you've always wanted to run in? Right, that would be like a Berlin Marathon or a Paris Marathon, Chicago Marathon, something. Eat. Something like that, yeah. Serious. No, what about London? Uh, well, yeah, by the same token, yeah, like a, an yeah, inner cool. city championship. Yeah, yeah. A championship vibe, if you like. Um, yeah. Yeah, something like okay. that. What about a location that you've wanted to run in before? Um. <laughs> you think um no there are there are different places um right i'll throw a bit of a curveball here um in 2018 i was on holiday in the middle east um principally in lebanon but we took a a trip to damascus um syria and at the time whilst it was it was safe enough to travel there our guide advised against us going out running because after five or so years of civil war, a little bit more, people would be thinking, well, what the hell, what the hell is he doing going for a run when we've just been through this? Um, obviously, the, the landscape there, the mountains are absolutely beautiful. So mm. I'd like to be able to go back and enjoy running for its own sake um, in that environment. Wow, that would be amazing. Cool. The next question, I think we kind of already know the answer, but if you were to rank cross-country, road and track, how would it go? Um, to watch as a spectator, track. I know. To race. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I know, I know. They are personally, uh, cross-country, that's what it yeah, All right. So watch track and um, compete cross-country. Awesome. Cool. And then another question is, who's your biggest rival? Um, I guess it would be cheating to say myself, I'll be shortchanging you and others. <laughs> say um, I guess there's a, there's a few guys in the, in the Northeast, um, in terms of cross country who, um, I've maybe beaten a couple of times, um, who would like to beat me or have beaten me but i'm gonna go for alistair douglas um he's a morbeth runner he's ran i think he ran 15 12 in armor wow okay 32 something at ribble valley um 71 something for a half marathon um at the brass monkey half in january why is he rival well alistair and myself are from the same town have run for Morpeth for pretty much the same length of time. I've always had the measure of him over cross country. He's had the measure over me um, when it comes to track, but he has improved significantly um, across all distances. So I'm hoping that when when I, when we come out of lockdown and get back to racing, that there'll be uh, many more battles hopefully to, to come in the future. Awesome. You hear that, Alistair? We're coming for you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but let, let's just keep that going. Um, what's your favourite book? You've read, you mentioned you, you love reading your books now that, you're on lo now that we're in lockdown. So what's your favourite book? Yeah, um, some people might know this, but I like, uh, I know of the book. Sorry. Um, Eric Maria remarks, all quiet on the Western Front. So like World War One, fiction. Um, so told from like the the German perspective, which is not a narrative that we get to see yeah. too much of um, in the UK. I guess for some obvious reasons and not so obvious reasons, but I think it gives you a it gives you an insight into what is possible when human beings focus on positive things, but equally what is possible if we focus on the negative and darker things. So I guess it. Yeah, I like it because it it encapsulates what we are capable of at both in both extremes. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's a source of inspiration and hope, but equally 
something to maybe keep us in track and yeah. you know focus on the right things rather than the wrong things. Very good. Okay. And then in the same vein, what's your favorite documentary? Um, if I can answer by by genre, I like any sort of modern history stuff. So yeah, okay. Soviet Soviet Union, uh, anything about the Chernobyl disaster, um, yeah. how that was concealed, or how the the true extent was concealed from the from the West and the rest of the world um, for so long. So yeah, I guess yeah, modern history like within the past thirty years. Um, cool. cool, cool. And then back to running. What's your favorite race that you've seen, either in person or like on television? Uh, um, well, it would, it would have been one of Rashid Ramsey's either 800 or 1500 had he not um, cheated and doped. So I'm going to go for uh, El Garujam Medi Bala 2003 World Championships 1500 meter final. Um, Medi Bala took it to El Garouge as far as he was able to take it. Um, I think it's Medi Bala's 1500 PV, like 326.9 or 327, something like that. Um, so yeah, just that, right, so El Garouge, yes, one of the, oh, well, the best ever, but Bala really took it to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't show any fear or, or, or respect for that matter and genuinely thought he could go out and win that race. Mm. That's awesome. I've got to watch that. I've never actually watched that. I've only watched a couple of events from the 2003 World Champs and um, they were mainly sprints because they were quick. <laughs> uh, so what, who, who won the what? That was, that was um, the guy from St. Kitts and Nevis, yeah, wasn't it? Collins that year. Jim Collins, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we had like Darren Campbell and people like that involved yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's throwing it back. Crazy. <laughs> but um, across all sports, who would you say that your favourite athlete is? Uh, currently, Lewis Hamilton, Formula One driver. Really? Um, yeah. Um, a lot of people, I think a lot of people take, see what they want to see mm -hmm. with him. Um, but if you look at his longevity, yeah, he's true. taken on all comers. Um, the 2016 season, if he didn't have the engine blow up in Malaysia, would have won the championship. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, he, he loves racing for its own sake like yeah. whereas Nico Rosberg after that 2016 year retired and thought emotionally I can't go through this again but there was absolutely no doubt in Hamilton's mind that he wanted to come back and win the championship back um, he also keeps himself in phenomenal shape like he does running sessions like 8 by 2 minutes off a minute recovery he does 15-20 kilometer runs does a lot of good work around the world and yeah you know if he, he he receives criticism for having celebrities come to his races but he consistently delivers and i think there's worse things that he could be doing Definitely. than having a famous person watch his race exactly yeah that's really cool though nobody's ever told me like a formula one Driver's their favorite athlete. I like that the way you explained that. It's really good. Um, and then finally, to wrap up the quick fire round, as I always ask, do you have any hidden talents? Um, no, I'm going to shortchange him. Not to, nothing to, nothing to speak of. I guess. Um, pretty, yeah. pretty good memory, so I can recite poetry. I had oh, awesome. done some poetry recitals and things in the past, so that's cool. Yeah, I guess it's maybe something like that. But um, no, in terms of being able to <laughs> play the piano or anything like that, no, absolutely not. Yeah, well, that's cool though. Poetry is cool. My younger brother is really into that, and he loves sharing his with me, so I can appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I guess just to wrap up now, 
Uh, if you want to just give any advice to somebody that just wants to get into running and wants to be really good at it as well and enjoy it at the same time, what would you say? Okay, well, from my experience, um, I had some time out between 2009 and 2011. Um, when I first had the issue with my left leg, I took like a few months out and you know, looking back, that was a lot of wasted time that perhaps wasn't put to proper use. So what I would say there is if you are going through a particularly difficult patch, don't give, don't give up on it. Your, your career, if you like, it is, is relatively short um, in terms of your whole life. So, yeah, don't, if, if there are any periods like that, don't get disheartened. Try and keep your eye on the, the longer term. Um, in terms of enjoying it, do, do, do the races, do the events that you want to be successful at. Don't, you know, don't allow it a coach to discourage you from doing a particular event or pursuing a, a particular discipline. So for example, if I said I wanted to do a, a 200 mile race, I mean, David might say, are you sure? But with that being said, he would say, okay, then this is how we're going to prepare wow. for it. Um, and finally, but believe in it. Believe in, believe in yourself and you know so what if somebody has more basic speed than you or has so, more so-called natural talent that only gets you so far yeah um, well said Fantastic. so yeah just keep your head down listen to your coach and, and get after it yeah so good well Jordan thank you so much for, for coming here today and just spending time with me just to talk about you and your running and thank you for inspiring myself and all of the listeners here today. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you. So thank you so much. No, no problem at all, mate. Pleasure's been all mine. Thank you. That's great. So yeah, guys, thank you for listening in today. That's been episode five of Ardent Run Club. Hope you learned something. Hope you got inspired and I hope you find your fire. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you.